What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Stellar Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Galenios Junior and Matthew Souza. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So, real quick before we get into the news, just want you to know, me and Glenn had our conversation off podcast, yep. and we agreed to, uh, <clears throat> agreed, <laughs> agreed, we agreed to a new bet uh, for our usual in-season regular head-to-head matchup bet. If you don't know, normally the loser has to change their Twitter handle for a week. Uh, for the winner's choosing. For the winner's choosing. So we decided to up the ante, and but we're not going to announce what it is now because no, you're going to have to wait to see till one of us loses. Yeah, and then we'll say what it is because uh, we'll give the other person probably about a week to uh, do the thing that they have to do. Right. But uh, look forward to that. So anyway, without further ado, here's Matt Souza with the motherfucking news. I guess better every time. Welcome, everybody, to the news. <laughs> I'm your host, Matthew Souza, and boy, do we got some news today. Wait, what's the segment called? The news. <laughs> the news. Oh. Welcome to the news. Um, <laughs> I mean, not much has happened since the last podcast in terms of news, but we got some tidbits. Some- so let's get into it. Dak Prescott. We got some Cowboys news. We got Dak Prescott, reportedly, reportedly, CBS Sports uh, reports. Dak Prescott reportedly turned down $30 million per year. It's a lot of money. Offer. A $30 million per year offer because he wants $40 million. So, Glenn, if you're Jerry Jones, what do you do? A do you lot. say 35 Do you say, yeah, I'll give you 40 <laughs> <laughs> Do you or, say, go fuck yourself? Well, if I'm Jerry Jones, I laugh. You laugh. I laugh at Dak Prescott. Why is that? Because, listen, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, the whole Cowboys organization has made it a point. They want to re-sign Dak, Zeke, Cooper. They're all going to get top five contracts offered to them. But the thing is, it's not just those three guys on the team. they got to keep guys who are big parts of their team, like the offensive line, the defense. they still got to pay the linemen. They still got to pay uh, Light and Van Der Esch after his rookie contract's up. They still got to pay Jalen Smith after next year. Um, there's a lot of money to be going around. The Cowboys do have the cap space, though. They have the eighth most cap, eighth, eighth most cap space in the league, um, which is saying something. It means they got a lot of money to blow, and they have the players to do it on. And it's going to start with Dak, Zeke, and Cooper. Now. $30 million, right? That's a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. you got to figure the way the market is growing for the quarterback position, the way the market is growing for the NFL and future contracts, $30 million for any new quarterback who wants to sign a deal who's a starting quarterback in this league is going to be the norm. If guys like, let's see, I had it up before. If got what? Uh-oh. Hi! We got a cat on the podcast. We got a new guest. Not dogs this time. We got cats. Gizmo making her stellar seller debut on the podcast. Um, Where was I? Okay. If guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's making 27, 
Uh, $27.5 million a year for what? For playing four games? Uh, six. Six, sounds right. Oh, six games, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's six. Yeah, get it right, Glenn. Six games. Six games of the NFL, and he got a $27.5 million per year salary. If guys like Kirk Cousins. Trash. Uh, who gets $28 million a year. What have these guys done? Jack. Jack. Dak Prescott. Has done Dak. Got him. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Don't give me that look. Dak Prescott has won the NFC East two in his two times in his first three seasons. Um, big I mean, whoop. Big whoop. Big whoop. Oh, shit. Big whoop. Oh, God. Well, I'm sorry. What has, has Kirk Cousins done anything relevant to earn him? 20, Dude, he's put up a lot million? of good stats on a shitbub team, bro. Good. Wow. Yeah. Is that, is that supposed to be me? No, I'm just saying okay. that people... I, I just want to get, you know, the, the, the reasoning for this big whoop. Because isn't the NFL a winning league? Don't you want the guys you're paying to win you ball games? Absolutely, Glenn. But guess what? I mean, $40 million is way... Like over the the line. I, I wasn't talking about forty million. Obviously, forty million is over the line. The only person right now in the league who should be making forty million dollars is Pat Mahomes. Wolf. Yeah, that's that's just facts. I mean, not Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady. It was what was this one year? It doesn't matter. Right. Um, Pat Mahomes will get that contract eventually, but I think first the Barry. I think Dak Prescott is thinking long term. Long term. So if he gets thirty million dollars now. And then another schmuck re-signs a deal and is being paid more. All right, so think of this. Carson Wentz is being paid more than Dak Prescott if he accepts that $30 million offer. He's being paid $32 million a year. Exactly. And Russell Wilson, who like raised the roof in April with his contract, is $35 million a year. Exactly. I think Dak um, deserves to be paid more than Carson Wentz. And I think that's what he's going for. I think he – it's kind of a thing where they give you an offer – Dak doesn't like the offer, and he says, ludicrously, says $40 million a year. I don't think he's being absolutely serious about $40 million a year. It's negotiation. Exactly. They're, uh, they're going to meet somewhere in the middle. It's going to be from like the 33 to 38 range for Dak Prescott when they make this deal yeah, with the Cowboys. He gets paid 38, $38 million, though. That's ridiculous. That well, is, the thing is, that's ridiculous. the contract they offer him now is top five, like like the Jones, um, organ- uh, Jones family said they'd pay. Uh, b- both... Actually, all three, Dak, Zeke, and Cooper, were supposed to get top five contracts offered to them. I can mean, they afford that? They can. If you weren't listening to me, Susan, I said they have eighth most cap space. That don't mean they can afford it. Uh, it kind of does. It could. But no. But the thing is, looking long term, like I said, they have other guys to sign. Um, like the linebacking crew. You're still going to pay the old line. Demarcus Lawrence just got a new deal. There's guys to be paid on the team. Uh, if the Cowboys want to be successful, they got to keep this core group of guys that can't just revolve around Dak, Zeke, and Cooper, as important as they are to the offense. Um, the $40 million, I don't think it's, gonna, it's not going to happen. Uh, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not doing that. But for those people laughing, saying that, oh, dude, Dak Prescott was off for $30 million. Are you kidding me, dude? He's not even worth $20 million. Um, He kind of is. I would have took 30 Yeah, you would have. But you're not the starting quarterback I take a million, for the greatest organization <laughs> in football. In sports, actually. Oh. So that's that. I think, Dude, what, man? 
I don't think Gizmo agrees. Gizmo. I think um, they're going to reach an agreement. It's not going to be $40 million, but it's not going to be $30 million. It's going to be somewhere in between. Do you think over 35 like Russell Wilson's getting? 35 is what Russell's getting. I think it's going to be around there. Look, I'm sorry. If Dak Prescott between makes... Carson and Wilson. I'm sorry. If Dak Prescott makes more uh, more money than if you gotta Russell think, you got to think when Russell Wilson was offered the deal. Every year, some, some quarterback's going to get a contract offer. Like, I don't know who's a free agent coming up as far as starting uh, quarterbacks. But if they're young and upcoming, they're going to get a deal that's higher than the next guy. That's how it's been going for the past five or six years. I'm just saying that. Stop. Uh, probably not for a while, because especially because the... they're going to raise the cap room. Bob A. Jones awarded one billion dollars for a five-year extension. Who? Bob A. Jones, like ten years from now. Bob A. Jones. I'm saying, oh, like, when's this growth going to stop? Like Bob A. It's never like going to stop as Bobby. long as idiots like you keep watching. Until the economy crashes and we're left with nothing but. Until the stones. XFL takes over. That's actually this year, 2020, right after the NFL season. Mm-hmm. The XFL. We'll be doing an XFL podcast. Stay tuned. Yep. Yeah, Stellar Cell is canceled. We'll be the Stellar XFL yeah, that's podcast. Canceled. That's it's a, just, it's a work, work in progress. Yep. Uh, but, you know. All right, continue your news. But that's my take on Dak and the contract situation. Yeah, we'll see. Everyone's going to get paid in Dallas. Everybody. Everybody. Mm. Um, one, of the, one of those men is Zeke. And uh, Cowboys Jerry Jones... We all know him, right? He's pretty important over there. Yeah, I'd say so. Kind of. In the in the midst of Zeke's holdout, he says Tony Pollard is capable of carrying the whole load in in Ezekiel Elliott's absence. Do you think that's kind of uh, Jerry Jones saying, trying to one up Elliott? No, I think. Or is he all talk? Well, yes, yes, I think that's all talk. I think that's just Jerry Jones kind of like trying to force Zeke's hands. And right. He's blowing a lot of a load of gas. smoke gas. up Tony Pollard's ass because he's saying there's like you can't replicate you can't just take some dude off the street. I don't like I don't know that much about Tony Pollard. He's a rookie that they drafted in the fourth round this year. Rook, okay, rook, rook. But what I'm saying is Zeke was a uh, top what five pick right in the draft. Okay, his top five pick in the draft. You are not. Very rarely do you take someone from the fourth the fourth round. Yeah, I and know. he just said it. Are no. you paying attention? Uh, Gizmo knocked something over. Jesus Christ. Anyway, very rarely do you take someone who is in the fourth round and stick them in the exact same situation. They replicate the amount the the numbers that a first round talent can produce. They could if you give them a chance. I mean, they could, but I mean, how often does that happen? Is what I'm saying. Uh good friend of mine, James Conner, might say differently. C.J. Anderson? C.J. Anderson last year in the playoffs. Well, he's, might he's say a different. veteran. He's a, yeah, C.J. Anderson's not a rookie. He's also an the established is, commodity. Uh, no, but well, the, the Cowboys... Commodity. Listen, the Cowboys for the last, I'm going to say, six years have established that the, like, the running game is going to be their go-to. They built an offensive line so they can run the ball. They did it with DeMarco Murray... They're doing it with Ezekiel Elliott. When Darren McFadden stepped in for a year, he had a thousand yards. Also, an established commodity. It broke. He was breaking down. It's still a, someone that you knew what their yeah, so if, ceiling if, was. The, I'm saying if you like, if an old ass Darren McFadden can run a thousand yards behind that line, and he basically, I don't think he, he didn't have a quarterback because uh, it was that was the year Romo got hurt. 
It was like Matt Castle and mm. Brandon Whedon. Bo- yeah, a bunch of the fucking Whedon. Um, if yeah. someone like him could run behind that offensive, line, why can't a guy with fresh legs, a rookie, run behind that offensive line with weapons like Cooper, Dak, going into his third year? I don't. I, don't I mean, he yet. very well could. The thing is, number one, I think that if you are putting that much trust in a fourth round pick. I don't know. That just doesn't. I'm not saying he's going to be right with I'm me. not saying he's going to be Zeke Elliott. But I'm not going to say he's going to be absolute yeah. trash. No, I don't. I never said that either. I'm just problem, saying man. that Jerry Jones is making it seem like, oh yeah, we don't need Zeke, dude. It's not that big of a deal. Where in reality, you are not going to replicate what Zeke does. He's the top three best run, one of the top three best running backs in the league. You're not, but you, you know, you could come close. Yeah, absolutely. I think close is good enough. He could definitely. Put up some numbers, 1,000 yards, no problem. But obviously, you're not going to win a Super Bowl without Zeke. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. They're not going to do it. Tony Pollard could probably rush for 1,000 yards like, and have a good season and get them a winning record or something into the playoffs. But you need Zeke. This, you is, just a, this is just a power move by Jerry Jones, like I said. Just being like, oh, yeah, we don't need you. We got this guy. I'm not sure if it was just Alfred Morris back there. He'd be like, yeah, we're very confident Alfred Morris in our backfield too. It doesn't, like, it doesn't yeah, matter. That's the difference. We've seen Alfred Morris. Tony Pollard is the unknown. Nobody's seen him in the NFL besides the Cowboys practice squad. Yeah, but what I'm saying is is regardless of who it is, Jerry Jones would be saying the same bullshit. Yeah, but I think the fact that this kid's a rookie, nobody's ever seen him before, it leaves some questions. Like, if it was Alfred Morris, we've already seen what Alfred Morris can do. Zeke would be like, yeah, I've seen that picture before. But we haven't seen what Tony Pollard could do yet. Yeah. But it, but it just it's just Jerry Jones still giving, regardless of who it is, the... The sentiment to everybody that all's right in mm-hmm. Jerry World, and that there's no problems. Even if Zeke holds out, who gives a fuck? We got Tony Pollard. You know who Tony Pollard is? He's fucking nasty. That's who he is. He is disgusting, and that's how Jerry Jones is gonna make it seem so that a bunch of people are aren't like freaking the fuck out about Zeke not being there. So say if Zeke holds out, right? Yeah. Guarantee he holds out, doesn't play football, and Tony Pollard is the starting running back for the Cowboys. Where would you draft him? Tony Pollard. He's a starting running back. We know he's a starting running back. Not super high. I mean, like... If we knew it wasn't going to be like a committee, too? I don't know, man. It was also things like other things that could happen. I mean, like, let's say the same thing you said that happened like Emmitt Smith. Cowboys go 0-2 to start the season. They get their doors blown off, and the offense looks absolutely terrible. You think Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is going to say... Well, maybe we should give Zeke his money. And then... See, I personally, I don't think it's going to get to that point. I think a deal is going to get done before yeah. the season starts. But, but, but bring but, up that scenario. Yeah, so he so he pays Zeke, and then you draft Tony Pollard in the second or third round, and you're left out fucking dry. You just got to make sure you grab Zeke, too. Just like if you grab Zeke in the first round and he is playing, you grab Tony Pollard just in case something happens to him. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, but it's risky, though. I'm just, I'm just saying. Obviously, it's a lot easier to get a handcuff, like, later on down the line. But, like, if you have to... Someone's going to pick up Tony Pollard, then someone's going to pick up Zeke. There's, like, a slim-to-none chance that you're going to get both of those guys unless you have, like, back-to-back picks. And, like, you plan that out. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully I wouldn't feel good about it. That's all I'm saying. Make a deal, guys. I think, you know what it is? I think they just want drama. You know? That's all it is. Yeah, because the NFL doesn't have... This is like a reality TV show. They want drama As long as somebody's breaking their son's arm, man, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, what the fuck? Why'd you put my face on Tyreek Hill's body on the wide receiver thing? Because originally, when we ranked our wide receivers, you had him at number one. Yeah, originally. 
And I changed it. Well, still. We talked a lot about Tyreek Hill. Should have just put me on Christian McCaffrey's body again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't appreciate the picture you used of me. <laughs> Not a very flattering picture. <laughs> that's your best one. All right, we got more news. This is still the news segment. The news. Welcome news. to the news. What's what the news? segment called? The, the news. news. The news. Okay. What news? The news. Antonio Brown's helmet crusade is finally over. Rip in peace. Rip. F in the chat, dude. An independent arbitrator on Monday ruled against Antonio Brown's grievance to wear his preferred helmet, which was too old to be certified by the, now get this, certified by the National Operating Committee on Standards for Athletic Equipment, the NOCSAE standards. Um, One of, what's this? Oh, one of which includes not approving equipment older than 10 years, as Brown's helmet is. So, they say basically said Brown stop crying like a bitch, and Brown said, said that? and Brown said okay I'm gonna play football. Yeah, Brown appeared to concede the fight after the the decision was revealed, and uh, and this is a quote from Antonio himself, Tony Brown. Tony while, Brown. And I quote: While I disagree with the arbitrator's decision, I'm working on getting back to full health and looking forward to rejoining my teammates on the field. He said that in a tweet. I'm excited about the season. Appreciate all the concerns about my feet. End quote. So he's back. No more drama, supposedly. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know. Right. The way the way it looks now is whenever I talk negative about one. Antonio Brown, I'm gonna start calling him Tony Brown. By the way, Tony. Tony, buddy. Not even Brown, just Tony. Like uh, like Kurt Cousins. Call him Kurt. Yeah. Kurt Cousins. Kurt Cousins. Kurt. Yeah, I mean he seems good to go. Week one. Plug him in. I don't think there's any drama, no injury. Yeah. This so, is it. That's that. I mean, I don't know. It's I still... He's still psychotic, but... Yeah, he's mental. Part of me is just like... Stay away from Antonio he's a. You could say he's a virus, right? I didn't say like that. Like I said I, last podcast? Uh, you remember that? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I'm surprised. You were so high. I, I said it a few anything. times. Oh, it's because I listened to it today. Oh, okay. Well, so you didn't remember anything. Of course I do. No. I'm not drunk. Blacked out. I don't know, dude. You were in like you were in like the ether. You were not here. You were in a different universe trying to grab your balls. <laughs> trying to find them. <laughs> Come back. Uh, please. Any more on that seg on that news yeah. news line? Yeah, I'm done talking about Tony Brown, his helmet and his feet. Alright, well the last thing I got has to do with the 49ers and their running back. Scheme committee situation. They have Matt Breida. They have Tevin Coleman. They have Jarek McKinnon. They have Mo- Moster. I forget his first name. He, bro- he broke his arm. You remember seeing his? Oh, arm? oh yeah. no! Yeah, I don't yeah. want to remember that. Yeah, can we yeah. pull a video for? No. Him? Okay. Well, oh, you mean when his arm looked like a piece of fucking spaghetti? <laughs> well, he uh, he got hurt again, actually. <laughs> oh my god! And Jarek McKinnon. There are rumors, whispers in the bushes, oh, Mason. Oh, the bushes, dude. That it's very likely he'll start the year on the IR, which is, you know, I should know this, but isn't that a guaranteed, like, eight games out of the, the season? Uh, six, six, I think. Six? Yeah. So that's, so that's what a risk. Bush, what bush did you hear then? Is, you like, is there, like, a bush that you, like, specifically look in? All bushes talk. Way? Oh, wow. All, all right. bushes talk. Okay. This <laughs> is, uh... No, what? Nothing. Is that how you're so good with the ladies? <laughs> So I'm saying, sorry. I was going to say, if your mom's bush could talk, she would say something, man. <laughs> All the shit she Move on to the next fucking segment, please, goddammit. So, Alright, so hold on. That leaves the backfield, Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman, both established running backs. We saw Matt Breida have a good year last year, and Tevin Coleman's back with his father, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. His father? 
Yeah. Hi, Dad. So, I mean, like, who do you choose? I mean, no one. You choose. No one. Come on. No, no, no. You choose the safe bet. Safe. Safe. No one. Matt Breida. No yeah. one. In fact, he's actually going later in drafts than Tevin Coleman. So Good. That's probably the better value. Good. Because one, no one. Mason doesn't like it. I don't like anyone on that fucking running. I, anytime you got like three people like that, no thanks. But now that they're all dying, you got two people. They're all dying. I trust Matt Breed the most out of all three, four, five over running right backs. Yeah. If I was to get anybody in the 49ers at the running back position, I'd want Matt Breida. Why? Because he's proved that he could do it before. We haven't seen Tevin Coleman on this team yet. We haven't seen Jared McKinnon uh, healthy yet. Also, yeah, well, he's out of the picture. Tevin as far Coleman as I'm and Jared McKinnon both. Well, Jared McKinnon not so much because he's kind of unproven in this situation. But Tevin Coleman last year, personally, I had him. And obviously, obviously Devonta Freeman was down for most of the season. You know who was up? Edo Smith. Heat Edo. Yeah. So, what? Uh, Scrub. Wow. Anyway. You gotta watch your tongue when Edo takes Freeman's job this year. Uh, so, bottom oh, line, right. though, is that I don't think Tevin Coleman can handle a full workload. Matt Burita definitely can, though, because uh, he did it for the most part last year, aside from missing, like, uh, two or three games with injury. Uh, Tevin Coleman missed, I think, three or four games with injury, and a lot of time he was splitting with Edo Smith. So, and, but, but Matt Burita was basically doing it by himself. Um, they did have... Uh, Mustard, but mustard, mustard, but uh, mustard, mustard, but he uh didn't really play that much. It was mostly Breida in the backfield, so I'd feel more comfortable if I if you gun to my head. Yes, because that will happen. Oh, great! Uh, gun to my head, I'd take Breida, but mm. I would not feel comfortable either way. I would feel comfortable either way, but I'm gonna take the guy we can get later, and I, that's Breida right now. All right. And that concludes the news segment. Wow. The segment called News. The News. So the news. today we're going to talk about probably the last skill position. Uh, well, actually, it is the last skill position. Are you doubting kickers? Um, oh, you mean the the three that are good and then the rest is a shit shoot? Crap shoot? Listen, man. Shit shoot. Shit shoot. I don't know why I said that. But today we're going to talk about tight ends. Hmm. Glenn, mm-hmm. do you prefer big TDs or a tight end? Souza. Big TDs or a tight end? Yeah. How tight is this tight end? Oh, it's tight, baby. <laughs> I didn't like that. It's tight. Tight, 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 tight. tight. But big, voluptuous give TDs. Me, give me TDs, dude. For me, for me, it depends on the day. <laughs> depends when the sun's shining. No, I mean, some yeah, days, I mean, I mean, some days you gotta go for the TDs. Other days you gotta fucking go for the tight end. You know what I'm saying? Depends how tired I am. What? What? Yeah. How does it make any sense? We're talking I'll about. Let you use your imagination. Okay, I'd rather not. All right. Anyway. Wait. No, I didn't answer this question yet. All right. So you have a tight end, right? Yeah. Sometimes. You fall in love with the tight end. Yeah. But sometimes the tight end breaks your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McDonald. Sometimes the tight end's hard to trust. Tight end is hard to trust because what happens is the tight end gets older. It starts to wear out like Gronk. Mm. And become a... Hmm, I want to say it. A loose end? Yep. yep. And you got to cut loose ends. Exactly. You got to cut loose ends. That's what you're going to do. Wow. 
So, wow, but, 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 but I mean, what a metaphor, huh? Think of it this way. <laughs> Damn. Who can be mad? Poetic. And who can, who can ever turn away a nice pair of TDs? Even you one can't. TD. You can't. Even one TD, but two TDs is like... Whoa. Oh, Whoa. Like I said, depends what day you catch me on. Anyway. Not any day is a TD day. Anyway. We're talking tight ends today. Let's go. Uh, so, who wants to start off with their... Well, are we good? We're going over our top tens, right? Absolutely. I got notes. You got notes? Well, uh... I don't, because we announced that we were going to do this, well, we figured we were going to do this literally earlier today, and I was at work all day, so, um, why don't you go first? Oh, fantasy never sleeps, Mason. Uh, yeah, but I do, so. That explains it. <laughs> That's why I suck. I'll go first. <laughs> Come on. Um, you want me to say top five, number one, number two? Uh, we'll go one. One? We'll go around the table. It's the best tight end in the league. Uh, Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City. Travis. I actually saw an old Snapchat that says otherwise. Snapchat. Number one. Number yeah, one. That's when. That's when Gronk was in the league. No, that's number when one tight in the league. <laughs> number one tool bag in the league as well. Come on. Um. Yeah, but he's good. Man. Give him credit, man. Don't at me. The thing is, Travis Kelsey <laughs> has wide receiver one numbers, which is kind of scary. Very scary. And that's Gronk. Not man. only does he have wide receiver one numbers. He'd probably be top five wide receiver one if he wasn't too busy being number one tight end. Actually, I got that. It's he last year he would have would have finished wide receiver nine in half point PPR. That's crazy. That is crazy. So like not nine. top five. That's crazy. So I like draft him in the second round. It's kind of like you drafting a wide receiver one. So yeah. it's like not that crazy to draft him in the second round. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's the man. His uh, connection with Pat Mahomes should be even better this year. It started off a little slow. And then, you know, as the year caught on, he started becoming more consistent. Um, Excuse me? What did I say? What did he say? Consistent? Consistent. I said There you go. There it is. Consistent fantasy option at tight end. Um, Touchdowns are a huge part of it. Like I said, who could turn down a nice pair of TDs? Um, But the yardage and receptions are there with Travis Kelsey. It seems that Travis Kelsey has become Pat Mahomes' security blanket. Even though, even though Pat Mahomes doesn't need a security blanket right now, um, but he's the, he's the go-to guy. Okay. All right. What do you think about? She likes Travis, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, she you like does. Travis Kelsey? I'll tell you what yeah. I like about him. What's that? I like that he received over twenty percent of his team's targets last year. That's uh, it's about one fifth. It's about one fifth. That is one. I took AP Cockles. Kelsey had one hundred three receptions. 1,336 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's one of two tight ends to finish with double-digit TDs. The other is Eric Hebron. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, double-digit touchdowns, 20% of his team's targets. And he would have finished as a wide receiver 9. Now, I expect, I'm on record, multiple episodes, saying I expect QB regression, right? But that doesn't mean this offense won't be insane. I think he's still worth his ADP. Early second round, just like how Gronk used to go, and I used to be okay with that. So Travis Kelsey locked and loaded, number one. Get him, get him, get him. You have, get number, her. You have number one too. Yeah. What do you have, Matt? Because I knew it wasn't number one. Or two. I have. What? What would you say? Or two? He said. Well, I don't want to say it. My number one tight end is uh, Zach Ertz 
from the Philadelphia Eagles. Zach with an H? Uh, yes. Ertz with an E? Yep. Okay. As a wise man once said, my ball, Zach Ertz. No, yep. yeah. And uh, let me tell you, anytime you go up against this guy and you play against him, your ball, Zach, is going to hurt as well. <laughs> um, unless you're a girl, obviously. Girl, girls can play fantasy football, too. Yeah, they can. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, <laughs> right. no, I'm not. Okay, so <laughs> stop it, dude. Right. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is good. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, he finished the season, dude. <laughs> listen, man. Are you high? No, dude. You're I'm getting, unprepared. You're getting the Sousa stash? No. I wish. Zach Ertz had 116 receptions, 1,163 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Thank you. ESPN did not tell me any of this shit. You know what I say to that? ESPN Fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, he ranked in what? With receptions, number three in the league? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Brian Hopkins and... And And, uh, Michael Thomas. That's crazy. You want to talk about security blanket? Zach Ertz, my friend. Eat it up. Yeah, but not as good as Kelsey. I'm just... Gonna say that. Okay. Yeah. Right. What's your opinion? Yeah, and uh, most of the time it's right. See, what I have to say about Zach Ertz, who I ranked number three. Whoa, hold up now. Pause. I got Zach Ertz at number two. Zach Ertz is good now, but he's he's not as good as Kelsey, but he is the second best tight end in the league. Yeah. Which means he's not number three. Who is number three? Which Kittle? I hate. hate I have Kittle number two. I have Kittle number two as well. (laughs) All right. Who should we talk about first then? Uh, Well, Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz. I don't know, but I just googled Zach Ertz, and his wife came up, and wow, she is. Yeah, she was on the um, women's soccer team for the U.S. How about this? She is very. We'll each talk about both of them. (laughs) So I'll tell you why I have Kittle over Ertz. (laughs) So I got Kittle. This dude went eighty-eight. For thirteen seventy-seven and five touchdowns. It's rookie numbers. He, yes, he broke the all-time tight end yardage record, um, on almost thirty receptions fewer than Zach Ertz. Now Zach Ertz, big whoop. He broke the tight end records of targets and receptions. Yep. Zach Ertz, we've seen him before. Yep. And this is certainly more of an outlier than a norm for Zach Ertz. He had 156 targets compared to his three-year pace of 120 targets. That's 36 more than he usually gets. I expect yardage regression caused by fewer receptions for Zach Ertz. And Kittle's not all roses, okay? Now, you got to be wary because this kind of production that Kittle produced, you know, record-breaking yardage, you can't expect that to be repeated. Yeah. Especially since it's the first time we're really seeing Kittle. Yeah breakout um in addition to that the 49ers also dealt with massive injuries yeah to pettis goodwin remember goodwin he's pretty fast yeah all the running backs yeah which obviously led to kittle being successful but he only had five touchdowns and 88 receptions i expect there's room to grow with the receptions there's definitely room to go with the tds wait you think there's room to grow with the receptions Yes. He had 88 receptions. That ain't 100, boy. He's a tight end. He's not supposed to get 100 receptions. Kelsey and Ertz did. Because they're nasty. And so, so is Kittle. Kittle. No, Kittle is great. Okay, he's great. 
But his season he had last year, I hate to say it, fluke. Wow. You know why? Hot takes. You know why? He was nothing but the ultimate security blanket who had great yards after catch. Probably because they worried about the downfield threat. Probably because they didn't want the 49ers to score points in garbage time where Kittle got most of his points. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and the thing is, you know, I'm trying to think who the quarterback was for San Francisco 49ers last year throwing Kittle all this. Who was it? Hmm. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Oh. One of them was like the fourth. One of them was about, I think it was C.J. Beathard. Oh, yeah. And uh, Nick Mullins. Yeah, Nick Mullins. Who could forget? Both who aren't named Jimmy Garoppolo. So you got to question, will Jimmy Garoppolo use George Kittle like they used him? Don't know. Better. Well, I think if he was that, yeah, but like, all right. Okay, listen. All right, Mason, here we go. Listen. George Kittle, last year, as Sousa said, how many touchdowns he finished with? Kittle had five. 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 Okay. That's pussy shit. Five touchdowns, and he was the number three tight end. He broke the receiving record exactly. for tight ends. Exactly. That's he, what I'm saying. He has explosiveness. It's not just He does. It's yards after catch, but most of it was in garbage time where it doesn't matter. I think the 49ers are going to be a lot better this year. With Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. So I'm saying is, is yes, his yardage might go down, but his, his, t- yeah, his touchdown touchdowns should make up for that. They fact. will, but it's not going to be enough to push him over Ertz, who was consistent year after year with Carson Wentz and Pat Mahomes, best quarterback in the game, with the best tight end in the game. He's not going to be better than those two guys. It's just not going to happen. He's still going to be great. Still gonna be, like I said, I have him on my third tight end, top three. But he's not going to be better than Ertz, who's done it. For a couple of years now. Not this. He hasn't done this. Well, not... Well, yeah, last year. Well, that's also because he hasn't had really a full season with Carson Wentz as starting quarterback and starting tight end together. Um, but Pat Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey was good before they had Pat Mahomes. And now they have him for a second year. He's, he's going to be just as good, if not better. Why did Kelsey get roped into this? No one's arguing that. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't have Kelsey number one? I yeah. honestly think I just have Kelsey number three because I don't like Travis Kelsey at all. I think he's a fucking yeah, that's, You can't let like your emotions... Oh, no, yes, I absolutely personal. can. Yeah, you know who you're talking to? <laughs> this guy, yeah. like Christian McCaffrey over any running back I in the say, if I could, if I could draft Christian McCaffrey seven times, I would. So if you have my whole team If you had the number McCaffrey. one spot, would you get McCaffrey? Because that's not like out uh, of the realm of possibility. Maybe. Maybe. Not to think about I've it. heard some people say he's number one. Running back. And number one pick to go. Uh, you know. I'd have to think about it. Alright. Top three is all the same, right? You have Kelsey third. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're both who's, they're all right, great. Who's after the holy trinity of three. You want me to tell you? Yeah, you go ahead. I got Evan Ingram. Mm. Evan motherfucking Ingram. Mm. Now, I could give you stats, but he only truly played nine games. He had a little bit of an injury. Um, he had 45 t- uh, receptions, 557 yards, three touchdowns through nine games. Even though he only played nine games, he still finished as a tight end one, top 12. Was he a second-year tight end last year? In fact, he was. Oh, okay. Just checking. Over his last four games, his final four games that he actually played, Odell was hurt. And without Odell, he averaged five, re- five receptions for 80 yards. And guess what? Odell's not coming back. So, all year, Odell's not going to be there. Um, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, 
Evan Ingram has the largest average separation from defenders. So he's, he's a pretty good route runner. He mm -hmm. can get open. And I think he'll be heavily relied on and might end up as the most valuable pass catcher for the Giants, aside from Barkley. Um, I think he'll be, you know, more heavily relied on better than the wide receivers. Do you, know, you, think, it matters who, do you think it matters who's that quarterback? Honestly, no. Because I think Daniel Jones, if he takes over, I don't think he's going to be worse than Eli. So I think he's actually going to use Evan Ingram as he should. So you think he'll be better with Daniel Jones or better with Eli? Better? Uh, I, I don't know. That's tough to say. I think he'd I probably no be better with uh, Daniel Jones personally. Just due to the fact, I think the 49ers showed it last year. If you have someone who, a tight end who, who is sure-handed, who a quarterback is comfortable throwing them the ball and, you know, uh, kind of like, what, dude? I'm trying to talk here. I'm trying to spew stupid bullshit out of my mouth that no one's going to listen to. What? Don't talk to Gizmo like that. I'm sorry. I apologize. What? Okay, anyway. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, dude. The, the the cat was here. I had to... The cat. That cat has a name. Gizmo. Yes. Hello. Okay. Uh, <laughs> enough of this. Yes, hello. So, <laughs> so if uh, Daniel Jones becomes comfortable in the same way that the uh, 49ers quarterbacks, who were absolute bums, became comfortable throwing the ball to George Kittle... I think that Evan Ingram will greatly <laughs> benefit bones. from that. Uh, Where do you have him? Evan Ingram? I think I have him. I have him five. You think? Yeah, I have him five. But All right, so you, do you guys agree on the number four? No. Number four? I have Evan Ingram at six. Okay, uh, well, who do you guys have at four? I have... At four, I have Orange Juice Howard. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm going with O.J. Howard, too. What do you mean you're going with him? Do you have that down or you not? You motherfuckers made me make this shit right before the podcast because my ass was working all day. You know what we were doing right before the podcast? We were playing Smash. Yeah? So you were goofing off instead of working hard. Oh, and so were you two. Fuck off. Look, I got no... You hear this? That's it. I quit the podcast. No, Mason, no. Anyway, originally I was going to put Eric Ebron in my number four spot. Oof. However, well... I'll say that for when we talk about Eric Ebron. So, yeah, I'm with o I'm O.J. Howard. Yeah, I think O.J. Howard, um, if he stays healthy, um, all the room to improve as a tight end in this league. His connection with Jake... <laughs> Damn, you did that to yourself. <laughs> wow. Bad. bad. God damn it. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Yeah, O.J. Um, Howard. He's actually next on my list, so he's good. You're really going to stop talking? Yeah. <laughs> O.J. Howard, he was injured last year, uh, but he had 34. He went 34, 565 for five touchdowns. With only 48 targets, he still managed to be just outside the top 12. He sniffed it on only 48 hurt. targets. You got yeah, hurt. Exactly. It's hard to be top 12 when you're hurt, Mason. But the, uh, issues, yeah. but the fact that he was that close while being hurt and only getting 34 receptions is pretty good. Now Bruce Arians is in town, and he's never really featured a tight end, as you know. Jermaine Gresham. Well, who else? Ricky Seals-Jones. Oh. I don't know who was before them. Vomit. Um, Gross. So I don't see any particularly, particular usage increase because of Bruce Arians. Um, nothing that would launch him into tight end, like, 
top three territory. But Winston should continue to look his way and should continue to have him as a top tight end option. When he was on the field, he was electric. And he was someone you could rely on, someone worth drafting in the, you know, four to six round. When you feel like you should get When you feel like you should. Like, like, these top five guys that we're talking about, these are tight ends that you can keep in your lineup and you're going to be, ah, I got a tight end. I After ge- this, man, I generally, like, don't have that feeling with tight ends. Yeah. Well, because you don't get the top guys. You, well, I... You're right. Because <laughs> it's but, tough to do that. It, it is but, tough. Because it's like, you want to risk it on a tight end, and then, like, even though your tight end spot's, like, loaded, you look at the rest of your team, it's like, holy shit, yeah. I have these bums at wide receiver, what am I supposed to do? That's why, even though we're talking about top five right now, I really think the top three is the only one, so you can, like, set it and forget it for the whole season. Even George Kittle is more of a risk, because he's only done it for for one season. He looked good in his rookie year, but for one season, I mean, he's put that together, so... It's really Ertz and Kelsey, uh, for the most part, because... My number five is Eric Ebron. As well as... Uh, no, my, Eric Ebron's my number six. Ingram was my five. But the reason why I moved Eric Ebron out of my top five is because Eric Ebron was He's black. the deaf... What? He's black. No. Oh. That's not why. That's kind of fucked up, Mason. I know. Well, Suze is racist. I'm racist. Oh, my God. We're both racist. Anyway. It's not true. Yeah, yeah. Why are you booing me? I'm right. You're making us look That's a meme. I'm not actually racist. (laughs) Um, So, okay. Uh, So, basically, Eric Ebron, I moved out of my top five because Eric Ebron was a definition of a touchdown-dependent success. Mm. Eric Ebron had a lot of touchdowns last year. 13. Yeah. Oh, fuck. 66 for 750 and 13 touchdowns. So, yeah, we're talking about a guy who didn't even th- hit 1,000 yards last year. Mm-hmm. And not many of them do. That's one of those things. T- obviously, we talk about it all the time. Touchdowns are something that's very hard to replicate season to season. Um, the potential, as long as Andrew Luck plays and is healthy, is there. As we said previously, Colts have the potential to be a top five offense in the league. Whether that speaks, though, to Eric Ebron getting a lot of yards and... Because, I, I obviously, I don't think those touchdown numbers are sustainable. They're not. And uh, no way. he's not going to get 13 again. Especially for a guy like him who's been in the league for a long time. I feel like that's definitely an outlier. However, um, he is a big target in that Colts red zone offense. Last year, 13 touchdowns, obviously, it's, it's not going to happen again. That was... I was blown away because I've been an Eric Ebron hater. Uh, no, I was, doubter. Yeah, there we go, doubter. Because every year, you and me both, everyone's like Eric Ebron, man, gonna be good, bro. By and by me. people, you mean Susan? Yeah. No, but like, no, but even like preseason fantasy experts are like, oh, you want to grab Ebron here and there, and then people do, and then you start him, and he does nothing. So maybe with the Colts and Andrew Luck, we're finally seeing. Eric Ebron's potential and what he's supposed to be. Obviously, he's not going to get 13 touchdowns. But I think his yardage and receptions could go up in that Colts offense if Andrew Luck stays healthy. I do think Eric Ebron will catch some touchdowns, and I think he's actually going to be top three for tight ends and touchdowns this year. Oh, in touchdowns. Jeez. So top three. Yeah, I was, I was like, scared. Top three in touchdowns. You see, I agree with you guys with the touchdowns 
starting to disappear. That's why I have Eric Ebron number nine. You see, I was an Eric Ebron apologist, and I was waiting for last year. Now that it's happened, I can stop betting on Eric Ebron, take my profits, and run. So you're basically like Max Kellerman saying that Tom Brady's going to fall off the cliff every year, so then eventually you can go, see, I told you. Yeah, it's like predicting uh, the stock market. Eventually, you're going to be right. How come I have no money? No. <laughs> no Is I, that I what should... you tell your clients? No, I should say, if you predict the same scenario, like Tom Brady falling off, eventually it's going to happen. Um, he scored like crazy on relatively low volume. He had 66 receptions, 13 touchdowns. Are you kidding me? I don't see 13 touchdowns coming again. I don't think either of us do. Especially since Jack Doyle was hurt during a good chunk of last year. Now he's healthy. Now he's healthy. So even if Jack Doyle wasn't there, I saw, I could see touchdowns going down. Below double digits. But Jack Doyle being there, I think that should lower it even more. Receptions, yardage, touchdowns, everything. So I don't see him as anywhere close to what he was last year. He's going to be, I feel like if you draft him, Expecting even a little bit of last year, you're going to be disappointed. You have him at nine? I'll take a number nine tight end. Yeah, yeah. He's in the top ten, which Ooh. is... I have him at five because, like I said, the touchdowns are obviously going to regress, but I think there is room for appointment. He played with Jack Doyle. Um, this is a good chunk of games. He played with Jack Doyle in the lineup as well. And they used Ebron in red zone situations. Jack Doyle is more... Um, Middle of the field, get you some yardage, some receptions here and there. Not what his fantasy stock used to be, Jack Doyle's. Um, now that Ebron's in town getting TDs. Eric Ebron confirmed. Hella TDs. Big TD guy. Huge TD guy. Um, Huge, bro. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's going to regress a little bit. But like I said, I think as far as all the tight ends in the league, he still finishes top three in touchdowns. You really think that? Yeah. I'm going to say behind probably Kelsey and Ertz. I mean, Jack Doyle, he played in six games last year. Yeah, it's almost half the season. I mean, but that's not. Because that means there's ten games that he didn't. Didn't Ebron miss okay. some time, too? Did Eric Ebron miss some time? You should have known this. He had, he had missed one game, actually. Missed one game, and he was... That's some time. That's some time. Yeah. Technically. Eric Ebron, number five. Number Um, nine. You'll see this. I already said I have Evan Ingram at number six. Number seven is a name that people are forgetting about. For me. No one even knows my number six. Nobody cares about your number six. (laughs) Wow. My number seven is more important than your number six. You want to know why? People forgot about this man. Delaney motherfucking Walker. Oh, man. What do you mean? Oh, man. He used to oil his joints to get going. What are going you talking like about, man? He had a freak injury the first week of the season. Prior to that, he's been a fantasy tight end stud. Oh, stud. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to relive that injury. You know what the worst part is about that? Just quick rant. Is when... The fucking Andrew Siciliano goes. Siciliano. He goes. Oh, what did he say? He's like terrible scene in insert city here, and the the dramatic music starts playing on NFL Red Zone, and it cuts to a slow motion replay of some dude breaking their shit, and I want to vomit. Like all over Walker. my floor. What? Like Delaney Walker breaking his. Dude, that leg was what disgusting. He his broke leg, his. Right? He, uh, yeah, he broke his leg. 
That shit is gross, dude. Absolutely disgusting. Okay, rant over. Continue, Glenn. Sorry. He's 35 years old. That don't mean shit. Antonio Gates is how old? 85 yeah. years old. Yeah. And Frank Gore is 185 years old. Running back's different. Okay. And Frank Gore's different. He's Trash. a genetic freak. Trash. Yeah, you can put Delaney Walker there. He's actually out of my top 10. So you can make a case. I just don't want a piece Before of he got injured, um, in 2017, he had 74 receptions on 111 targets, 800 yards. Only three touchdowns. Yeah, he's a number six tight end. Which is good. Oh, yeah. Only three touchdowns, though. I, I, I think 2017, was that the year Mariota was hurt? 2017? Uh, one second. Yes. It's 2016. You played 15 games, 65 receptions, 102 targets, 800 yards, and seven touchdowns. That's his career high. Before that, six touchdowns, four touchdowns, six touchdowns. He's been consistent in playing football games for the past 10 years. Um, for the last four years, I want to say since Mariota's been drafted, before that freak injury, he's got at least 800 yards in all four years and over 100 targets. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find Mariota here. Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker. Number seven. Who's your number six? My number six is Hunter Henry. He's my number eight. He's my number seven. Ooh. But quick with Delaney Walker. I mean, he's someone that you can plug in and just hope to get 40 to 50 yards, maybe a touchdown, which for tight ends, what more could you ask for? That's what you want. I don't think it's going to be much of a difference maker, like a positional advantage. Like some of these guys we're talking about. Well, we also don't know. We haven't seen, I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, Mike Rabel proved himself to be a relatively, uh, I wouldn't say, a, a decent coach. I mean, he has like a good head on his shoulders. He's on his head of his ass. Like 90% of the uh, coaching in the NFL does. His ass. Yeah. Uh, so we really have yet to see how, because Delaney Mark got hurt in the first game, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we really on have. On my team. Yeah. Sorry, bud. Rip. And then you know that. who I had a tight end after that? Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald. We'll talk about him shortly. But oh, you're going to talk about how good he is? How good he will be. But How good he will be. But. My fucking ass. Oh, my how God. How good he will be. Wait. But we have yet to see truly how Delaney Walker will operate on the team that's coached by Mike Grable. We've seen him in the past with uh, Mike Fryer as coach. Mike hey, Fryer. you can't <laughs> say that. What do you mean? Guy, Anonymous. You still look like Mike Fryer. I don't know his name. Uh, that, that year, Delaney Walker finished number six. Mariota played. He missed one game. Okay. So his touchdown numbers are down. He only had three. Delaney Walker, if healthy, he's a viable option at tight end. He's, he's, he's a solid option, I should say. Yeah. He's not going to be the best tight end in the league, but he's not going to be the worst, I'll tell you that. I just happen to think quite a few people will finish ahead of him. And one of them being Hunter Henry, my number six tight end. He's on a great offense with Philip Rivers, who loves to pepper the tight end. It's a great offense. They tied the Chiefs' record. Come on. Did yeah. they beat the Chiefs last year? No, there's no denying the, the Chargers' offense and their success, but Hunter Henry, man, it's kind of he's kind of getting close to Ebron territory as far as all the potential in the world Wait to be great. I know. 
and then something happens. Either gets hurt. Yeah, I yeah. Think he's just gotten hurt. Good. You well, gotta still. I mean, that's, that's part of injuries. it. You gotta be cautious with his health, of course. I say more Jordan Reed territory. But like that, no, because Jordan Reed was actually nasty. One season. Couple seasons. Yeah. The games he played over a course of a couple seasons. But he still was very injury prone. Of course. Hunter Henry might be in that boat. You gotta be careful with his health. But the position, the tight end position for the Chargers has always been glorious. Because they had one of the greatest of all time. And Hunter Henry's gonna slip into that role. Even old busted or desperate for a tight end. Here's a twenty day contract. Uh Antonio Gates still catching touchdowns. Why can't Hunter Henry? Of course he will. Uh, especially if Melvin Gordon, the, the red zone freak, if he happens to hold out in the season, I think Hunter Henry's going to get even more touchdowns. Um, Mike Williams, though, he's a red zone beast too. Might take away from Hunter Henry's ceiling. That's why he's not my top five. But all in all, I think he's going to be very solid. He's the last of the tight ends that I would feel comfortable, comfortable relying on each and every week. Um. Mm. You got seven. Did we already talk about that? Yeah. Stupid. I, I had Delaney Walker and Hunter Henry's eight. Oh. And then I got Jared Cook at nine. And rounding up my top ten is actually Jordan Reed. I have Cook at nine as well. Oh, did we talk about our eights? I talked about mine. I, don't know. I haven't even talked about my seven. All right, talk about your seven. I'm then. just lagging behind here. I guess. Yeah, let's go. Here we go, Glenn Mason. Jesus. Number seven I'm gonna go on my piss. rankings, Vance McDonald. Glenn's actually going to take a piss. He doesn't want to hear this. I want. I just want to let the record show. I also played Vance McDonald last year, but I played him for one of the games that he was good. So <laughs> I just want to say that. Well, Glenn, because as he got, takes a shit, or Glenn piss. got burned by Vance McDonald so many times last year. You know year. why? Because he was playing a coin flip game. He was playing Vance McDonald versus Jesse James. And he was actually burned by that quite a few times. He started Vance McDonald. Jesse James had, a, had the better day. He started Jesse James. Vance McDonald had the better day. Well, guess what? Jesse James, <clears throat> bye-bye. Hmm. He's gone. Vance McDonald has the tight end job for good. He had the third most targets on his team last year. He went 50 for 610 yards and four touchdowns, which is the third most tar- he had third most targets, like I just said. But now they have to fill the void of over 200 targets lost from Antonio Brown and Jesse James. Now, I don't think those 200 targets have to happen because the offense will likely decline. The amount of targets that will actually be needing to be filled probably like 100 to 150. But Big Ben. You still talking about this motherfucker? Can you fuck off? <laughs> I would start over, but you'll just listen to it after. Big Ben had a period where he didn't have a reliable wide receiver two option. <laughs> had a period. So he gave Heath Miller a lot of looks. Heath Miller, remember him? <sighs> Big Ben had, gave him a lot of looks when he didn't have a, a reliable wide receiver two, which is exactly the situation we're in right now. At least, because so we haven't seen it yet. So I think... Yep. I think the stars the stars are aligning for Vance McDonald. Yeah. What you miss, Glenn, is that there's 200 missing targets between Antonio Brown and Jesse James. Remember Jesse James? He's not there anymore. Vance McDonald's the guy. The stars are aligning. This year will be the beginning of people taking him seriously. And that includes you, Glenn. Yeah. You can eat my ass. 
Whoa. Just like you. Whoa. Right. Gizmo, help me out. Just like you. Oh, shit. I don't want to hear your shit. So you can eat mine. Whoa! Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you what. Vance McDonald. Remember when he shoved that guy to the ground? Yeah, that was impressive. That was the week I didn't start him. I know. You know why? Because Jesse James was catching fucking touchdowns. He's not there anymore. Yeah, listen. He's not there, though. It doesn't matter. It I, does matter. I don't Opportunity. trust the Steelers' offense and their tight ends. Just when you think one... Jesse James is not there anymore. Fine. Some other fucking no-name scrub who was Jesse James before. Xavier Grimble. Xavier motherfucking Grimble. <laughs> is he there Greg, Greg Gumble. Maybe him too. <laughs> if he's got a Steelers uniform on, he's probably going to catch a touchdown at the tight end position. I'm not... I'm just not, okay? That's fine. You were burned just like Mason hates uh, Kelsey. I get it. Well, I, just, I was never burned by Kelsey. I actually had him on my team. He was really good for the me. The personal emotions. I just I think he's it. a fucking tool bag as well. Vance McDonald. Well, my tight end like a shit anyway, so maybe I'm not the best guy to be hearing this from. Vance McDonald is on Julius Thomas territory from right now. <laughs> like today, Julius Thomas? Yeah, no, like when a you guy. Like on the no, like after he screwed me, he was a guy that I would oh. never get again. I'm not, I'm not, not touching See, I'm a Julius Thomas fan because <laughs> he helped me beat Souza on oh the first game week, of the year. Week one, He's going to put that on his gravestone. <laughs> I am. No, no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chisel in Julius Thomas' gravestone. I'm going to go to his Jeez. grave every year. I'm going to pray. I'm going to say, thank you for helping me play, beat Souza week one in 2014. I'm going to lay flowers at his, at his tomb. Just go to, go to a funeral, have a speech. No, I don't, I don't trust. I'll give the eulogy. Yeah. I don't trust Vance McDonald. I don't trust Steelers tight ends. Just because Big Ben usually favors his wide receivers. It's going to be Juju. It's going to be a little bit of Moncrief. It's going to be some no-name slot receiver. Um, and it's going to be James Conner. The tight end is last on the priority list for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he had I'm, the third most targets last year. He did? Yeah. Oh, really? That's not last. No, no, but the thing is, what did he do with those targets? Because... He sure as hell didn't do anything when he was on my team. See the personal shit. There it is. Don't what listen to that. That's fine. Third most targets. That's fine. But what are you going to do with those targets? He was average. <laughs> with Jesse James there. And Antonio Brown. Jesse James is a fucking nobody. He, he, wow. he had good games, as you know. Yeah. Any ass clown. He had the fake touchdown against the Patriots. Any ass clown who wears a Steelers jersey and suits up at tight end and has the potential for a big game. Because that's how random it is. But now it's all Vance. So you think. So we'll you see. fucking think. We'll have to see. I feel sorry for the sorry-ass motherfucker who says, well, I'm going to grab Vance McDonald while he's still here. Plug him right into my tight end spot. By week five, you are going to be cussing Vance McDonald at your tight end position. Wow, mark that one down, folks. Put By that, week five. Put that one in the... The, put that one in the tape box. Right. Look. Look. <laughs> I said to myself, the the reliability, the safety ends at Hunter Henry. Just because they're in the top ten, this is tight ends we're talking about, they're not the best. Yeah. I so, would say Top even, ten tight ends average like four points. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like really I said, the top it's the top the three concerned. guys and then everyone else. Yeah. The top basically. three guys who are absolute game changers to your fantasy team. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, you could argue <laughs> Travis Kelsey is the reason Zach made the playoffs last year. That's probably his best oh. player. Yeah. Um, guys like yeah, Kelsey, yeah. Ertz, Kittle will put teams over the top. You had a good team, Mason, but George Kittle put your team over the top. Still didn't make the playoffs, though. That's because uh, your timing, decision making. Okay, it's because our it's stupid you. fantasy fucking <laughs> playoff format was dumb. Well, the thing is... Fucking Chris's team makes it in at 5-8, and eight, and I'm sitting at home on my ass well, the thing at 7-6. and six. The thing is... No, if, well, the thing is, if you were, is that was if you were a little, stupid. If you were a little bit better... Oh, yeah. And the guys you competed against... And the guys you competed against in your division, then maybe you actually would have earned Oh, you spot. know what's crazy, dude? If you look <laughs> at all the teams in our league... I had a better record yeah, but you're than not, more than you're half not, of them. But you're not competing against all the teams in our league. You're competing against a certain seven guys, no, which no, should no, be easier no, for you. No, no. Last time I checked, I don't play people who just within our division. I play the whole league. No, but I'm saying you're being, your record is being compared to seven guys, which is half the league. Oh, well, that's why we're changing that this year. I'm not. Because that's fucking stupid. Well, who was your quarterback? Kirk? Uh, Yeah, Kirk. Yeah, I think every one of your guys were a top ten in their position. Yeah, yeah, and I still didn't make the playoffs. Cause the fucking Sucks. league's rigged. It's just sounds like it's just you, I guess. Yeah, man. It sounds <laughs> like someone, you know, sounds like a Mason problem. Like the same, really. like it's you're the opposite of Glenn bullshit. Like it's Mason, Mason bad luck, bad luck, bad luck, Mason. Yeah. All right, anyway, we'll turn around eventually. I'm uh, just about done with tight ends here. I I got Jared Cook as number eight. All right, we talk about Jared Cook for. Briefly, he's with the Saints. Yeah, he uh, he's on the Saints. He did pretty well again on the Raiders. He went. He had sixty-eight receptions, eight hundred ninety-six yards, six touchdowns. I, I that also, was a breakout season. I feel like part of that was also because they didn't have anybody else besides Jared Cook. Well, he definitely showed what he's capable of. Like yeah. that was a breakout season. Now we can actually look at him a little seriously now. Now he's on the Saints. Better offense. And there are actually some. Coaching, not from the Bushes, Mason, from the coaching staff. Whispers from the coaching staff oh, wow. of breaking out old Jimmy Graham plays. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. We've seen how successful the Saints can be with their tight ends when they had Jimmy Graham, a really good tight end. Um, they've kind of drawn away from that since they haven't had anybody as good as Jimmy Graham the past few years. Josh Hill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now they're getting... He had a few good games. For now they're getting season, Jared man. Cook. I'm not going to say Jared Cook's going to be what Jimmy Graham was. Oh, my God, no. But, um... He could no. be. He could be relevant in fantasy. Yeah, he has upside, and he definitely has some juice left. So I think he'll be much added. Uh, he'll be added value for the Saints. So I think he has a very high upside. Yeah. But he could easily, you know, just and, and that's a guy that you want as your tight end, like a guy who has high upside. Yeah, because there's not many. No, because tight ends are just like, meh. They're there, and if they do good, it's like, holy shit, my tight end went off. My tight end caught three passes today. Yeah. Wow. Or. My tight end got outplayed by Jesse James. <laughs> I'm done. I'm right. done with tight ends. My number 10 is actually David Njoku. That's my number 8. Whoa! Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Is there someone we haven't mentioned yet? Yes. In your in your top 10? No, 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 no. We've just, mentioned everyone. Just David Njoku? David Njoku, yeah. I'm just outside the top 10. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, he had the chance to break out last year when he had the opportunity to, and he didn't. He didn't really do it. Now Odell is there to soak up even more targets. And Joku, well, I'm sorry, he went. He had 56 receptions, 639 yards, four touchdowns. Kind of weak. Average for tight ends overall, but kind of weak. I mean, he disappointed you a lot. Yeah, he he's shown uh, flashes of how good he could be in years prior. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you like to see it with Baker, but in an offense where there are so many mouths to feed, 
I don't know if J- David and Joker will be as good as you know the top guys in the tight end position, but he's not gonna. Yeah, it's the same story. It's not gonna hurt your fantasy team, I don't think. To me, it's like a Jared Cook situation where the upsides there. Yeah, but I agree. His status. The know. problem is that he's gonna have to become more efficient than he was prior, and we'll have to see if he can actually make the jump to do that, and also if he can get his touchdown numbers up. Yeah. See if he becomes the red zone threat that the Browns want him to be. So yeah, all right. That was tight ends. That was very well said, Mason. Now, you. now, you're welcome. You're welcome, Gene. Uh, now we're moving on. Well, that's over. We're gonna talk quickly about the preseason. Yeah, the first week of the preseason just happened. Pre- yeah, first week of preseason wrapped up, guys. Uh, just get the general cons- the 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 mood of the room here. How do you guys feel about the preseason? You guys go ahead. I'll give my thoughts after. I don't mind it. I like it. It's like an appetizer. It weeds out all the, the the unfit players. You know, get them injured, get them out of here. Because we don't need those injuries happening week one through four in the regular season, right? Uh, it gives you an idea of how these new guys on new teams or rookies might be used, might be utilized. You know, are they using Kenyon Drake or are they using Kalen Balaj? You know, I like it. I don't. <laughs> That's it. I don't. I don't think it's dumb. I don't even think there should be four weeks of preseason. Probably should only be like a game or two. Two weeks would be... Preseason is the ultimate blue balls. It's like, yeah, now football's back. We don't have to have another Sunday without football until February. And then you turn on a game. And then I turn on preseason. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching Dingle McCringleberry, (laughs) third string, no name, get first quarter snaps when it's not going to... Do anything for me in fantasy. It's not going to do anything for my team. All right. It's not all about you, Glenn. It's not all about us. They need to know who they're going to cut and who they're not. That's fine. They, but they, do that. All right. So, yeah. Know. I'm with Glenn. I'm in, I'm in the same camp with Glenn here. I think there is plenty of stuff that you can do uh, that teams do every year that could substitute fine for preseason games. Whereas, like, they have... Uh, um, joint practices where I actually learned this year that like most of the times the coaches set up uh, like in-game scenarios so it's more specific to where they would want to use a player in certain situations and if that player can't perform in that certain situation where they want them to perform see you later dude so that kind of speaks to the effect of what you're saying where you want to see them in-game action but a lot of times coaches go off of uh, how players practice as well. Yeah. So I think I feel like training camp practices are way more important than preseason. Exactly. Games. I feel that too. And on top of it, I just hate the fact that like these guys already put their bodies through so much bullshit, and the fact that they have to do it for an extra four weeks for literally no reason at all. And I think there would be less injuries in the regular season if preseason was eliminated. Personally, because think of it this way: the stars don't play in preseason. So they play in the third game. That, really? But, but even then, it'd be for one series tops. And it's like, okay, we're out there for a drive that meant nothing against you know second string defense. Whoop de do. It causes the fact that it has four weeks, and these young guys, these rookies, are busting their ass to make the squad do the team. They also have a high chance of getting injured in any of these four games. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it. 
That's what I'm saying. I like joint practice. Joint practice make more sense. You can set up specific scenarios, see how players respond in different, uh, different plan scenarios in game. Uh, you know, kickoff positions. It's um, not the same. For me, for me, it's like it's more for the coaches than it is for the fans. Like trying to see what a team has. You know, moving forward, this guy in that situation, plugged here, blah, 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 there. Why the... I don't even know why they're televised. You keep score for what? What's the reason? There's exhibition games. I think it's, I think it's kind of good for the players, too, just to get back in the rhythm of things. Like, all right, this is an actual game. Like, Yeah, but once again, you, yeah, can, it's not, you can do you're that not with facing, joint practices. You're not facing, you know, yeah, but I guess the, the defenses mood. you're going to face... In the regular season, in the scenarios, in games that actually matters. Plus, you might think the mindset, too, of like a guy going in, ah, it's preseason. You know, this game really doesn't matter if I screw up, I screw up. Plus, how many times have we seen a player be absolutely nasty in preseason and be a fucking bust in the regular season? Plenty of times. It's also misleading for fantasy. Opposite happens, too. They look good. I'd say rarely. They look good in preseason and they show it in the regular season. People, guys you wouldn't expect. It happens both ways. Look. I don't know. Look. Look! There's nothing we can do about it, okay? There's a lot we can do the about it. The more football, the better. I don't like That's it. That's why oh. the XFL is going to be great. No. Yeah. Well, the XFL is going to be great. But the more football, the not the better. Did you they're, hear that they wanted to extend the regular season? That was yeah. the thing? Yeah, there? that's just dumb. That is dumb. But I honestly don't... I wouldn't be surprised if it actually happened. Think of it this way. Uh, guys can't even make it through a 16-game season. Staying healthy. And you want to extend it? I don't like it. I don't like it either. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, though. The owners basically have the players over a barrel at this point, even when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. So, I mean, they're gonna the players, regardless of what they want to do, they're going to have to give up more power, probably. So, I mean... Well, there was... It was like, it was like a, I don't even know, 18-game... Yes, eighteen game regular season. There was season. like two bye weeks or something. Like there was something else. Like no, uh, one of the proposals that I heard is that players can only play. 16 yes, that's games. what it was. Which completely fucks up. So everything for fans. so basically, and for the actual team. What's so. the even point? What's the point of that? More money, I guess. Right, but, but players can buying tickets and all that shit. Yeah, it would be more so for the owners, obviously, yeah, to get more money. Dumb. Yeah, but but I think they scrapped that. That was yeah, a long, that was months ago. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, in conclusion, preseason dumb. It's, it's fine. It's, it's blue balls, dude. It's like just don't watch. It's like it. an over the pants hand job, and then you don't finish. Don't let it touch you. Preseason dumb. That's it. Yeah. Next segment. Yep. Disagree. We're continuing previewing divisions, and we're doing the oh, damn. drum roll, please, Glenn. Do do do. You got roll. There it is. NFC E North. There it is. We're doing the NFC North. Alright. That's the Bears, the Lions, the Packers, the Vikings. Thanks. Wow. No one else was talking. That's it. Alright, preview's it. over. Uh that now is we're doing the NFC North. Now we're doing the NFC East. I'm just kidding. Back to the NFC or North. This is a interesting division, a lot of fantasy relevance. A lot of fantasy relevance. Also, very competitive division, mm. uh, for sure. So, guys, I'll start off. All right. The team I got winning the NFC North is the Chicago Bears. Whoa. Yes. The Bears. The Bears. Me too. So, I think the Bears took a lot of strides in the right direction 
last year. Obviously, they made the playoffs. They won the division last year, mm. uh, but they couldn't really put it together in the playoffs. Um, they ran into a big dick Nick. Yes, they did. Huh. For sure. Uh, but. And the kicker missed the field goal. Yeah, exactly. In case you forgot about that. Yep. So. So. Cody Parkey. Oh, man, that's right. Whew. Also, big note in that game. Alan Robinson looked like Alan Robinson again. Right? Are you on the hype train? Not particularly, mm, but not I am saying, <laughs> but I'm saying, if Allen Robinson can potentially play up to the level that he played out a few years ago, I think that the Chicago Bears will be a very difficult team to beat. Yeah, I mean, we hope that would happen. You just, you know, like, who are we talking about? Ebron and then someone else, or Hunter Henry. It's like, how long are you going to wait, you know? We don't want them to just be injured all because I mean that Jaguar season was what 2016. Mm. This is gonna be th- three years out, or is it 2015? It was 2016. Yeah, it was the year that the Jaguars were nasty, right? Oh no, it was the year Blake Bortles was a good fantasy quarterback, but they weren't good. <laughs> 2015. 2015. 2015. And so it's 20, been so long. 2016, he tore his ACL. Eighty-four years. 2016, tore his ACL, and he was still injured. Okay. He was still injured, still feeling effects from injury last year too. I mean, I would he he has the potential. I hope to see it. It's just risky. I mean, that's why he's going later in the draft. But he would be the top guy. Remember Kevin White? Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, I do. I think he's still on the team. Who gives a fuck? Chicago is going twelve <laughs> and four. They're gonna win the division wow. off their defense, off Mitch Trubisky, and wow. off of. Tariq the Freak Cohen. Cohen? As a wise man once said, if Cohen finishes top 10, I'll suck my own hey, cock. Cohen might finish top 10. Dude, it would be a, it'd have to be like a James White year. Listen. Endless touchdowns. Susan better get, you better get ready to remove some of those ribs so you I can played, suck your own dick. I played the new map. My dick's long enough. Hey. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. That should have been a boo. Oh. Yeah, right. Anyway, what were you saying, Glenn? Um, <laughs> I've played the new Madden. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And Tariq Cohen is a fucking cheat code. Like yeah. it's not fair. Yeah, he's like four foot five, and he's fast he's as hell. Fast as four fuck. foot five. And as we know, Madden's super realistic. Oh yeah. So if that anything, that should be the real preseason. Exactly. So just simulate Madden. <laughs> if there's any correlation to Madden. And the NFL and the fantasy world, Tariq Cohen might be unstoppable this year. You might have to suck your own cock. Well, we got to stay reputable here. Sorry. You might have to suck Since your own dick. Wh- when the fuck have we ever been reputable here? No, um, Chicago's going to be too good. Too good. The question is, are we all in agreement that they're going to win the division? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't given it much thought. <laughs> Can we believe in Trubisky? Yeah, the defense is great. See... Rogers gonna step it up without McCarthy. All right, one guy you want to own on Chicago in fantasy. Cohen. Their defense. Ooh. You gotta name every player though. Fuck. Yeah, no chance. That's the third time you picked a defense. That's the third time I've said that. How the fuck do you know that? 
Because every time you say it, I say you got to name every player on the team. No, you definitely have not. I'm with you, Sousa, Tariq Cohen. Replay? I think without Jordan Howard there, <clears throat> they're going to use Tariq Cohen more. Not only in the running game, in the passing game, in the kick return game, in any game you can think of. He even threw for a touchdown last year. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, Tariq Cohen is going to be the guy I want to own. My X Factor, though, for the Chicago Bears, in real football and in fantasy football, is Mitch Trubisky. I'm changing my answer. To what? You can't, just, you can't just change your answer after I just went on that whole spiel about Tariq Cohen and agreeing with you. I want David Montgomery. Wow. 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 Yeah, I want him. Okay. Rookie running back. He'll be the, you know, think first be, couple Think he'd be guys. better than Jordan Howard was his rookie year? He, oh, his rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> I think he can. Can. I think he won't. Yeah, I don't Tr- think at all. Trubisky is the X Factor. Yeah. In fantasy, he showed, uh, he was really good, actually. I don't know what he finished, but he was really good. I remember him being on Brendan's team and me getting pissed off that. <laughs> He would sit Aaron Rodgers for Mitch Trubisky, and Trubisky would put up better numbers than Rodgers did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah he that. did that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Trubisky was good. Um, Trubisky on his legs was something else. I remember that game he played against the Patriots. He had, like, crazy amount of rushing yards, yeah. at least over 100. And um, this is the year where if the Bears want to be taken seriously, Mitch Trubisky has to step up and be that guy. Yeah. That guy. That motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's the X Factor. As we've seen with Peyton Manning, if you have a good enough defense, you don't need to be nasty. And that's why I I agree they will win the division. Who's your X Factor, Mason? I'd say Trubisky as well. Okay, that's cool. We're all in agreement there. But are we in agreement on who comes in second in the division? Because I think the Minnesota Vikings will come in second. I agree. I have them going 10 and 6. Last year they went 8, 7, and 1. Boo. And I remember everybody was, dude, Vikings went to the NFC Championship. They got Kirk Cousins, greatest quarterback of all time now. They made it with Case Keenum. They got to make it back with Kirk Cousins, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Because just like I predicted, Kirk Cousins, although a good fantasy quarterback, not that good of an NFL quarterback. Just can't get it done. Cannot get it done. However, as I stated earlier in the quarterback episode, it is make or break for Kirk Cousins. The time is now. The Vikings, with a healthy offense, healthy Adam Thielen, who's emerging as a star in the league. Stephon Diggs, who could be just as good. Dalvin Cook flashes what we've seen, that he is and can be a top 10 running back. A better offensive line, so Kirk Cousins has more time to throw the ball. And then, from what I'm hearing in the bushes, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph emergence of a relationship with Kirk Cousins. They are gay. It's all there. Each other. It's all there. That defense is still there. They still got Harrison Smith. They got the guys on the mm. line. Let's go with the Vikings. I have them not winning the division because they're going to be some games where they lose. Yeah, Kirk shits a brick. Yeah. I have them going 10-6. and six. I think... I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs because I have the Seahawks and the Eagles making the playoffs in the wild card. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't talk about the NFC East. Uh-uh. I already mentioned it when we shortly previewed it for Ian that one time. Oh, true. Just for Ian. Um, so, 
they might miss the playoffs even going 10-6. and six. Womp womp. Yeah, but fantasy points should fall from the sky. Yes. Them. Should. That's what I thought last year. There's really not much to say. I like Dalvin Cook uh, probably more than you guys. And then, of course, Stephon Diggs, See, Thielen. Dalvin Cook is that player for Sousa that, like, everyone has where, like, they just like him. Dalvin Cook's that guy for Sousa. I like him. I need to see it. I saw I it. Agree. I saw it. Dalvin Cook, I'm going to say right now, is my X Factor. Hmm. If it's all systems go with him and he can be the running back that you think he is that we have seen in the past, let's fucking go. Uh, give it. I'm giving Kirk as the X Factor because if he can shit less bricks and handle the spotlight, then they will win more games, make it to the playoffs, and who knows what can happen. Kirk actually is the guy I want to own this year in fantasy. My X Factor is not a player that you can draft. It's the offensive line. You got to name all everybody. Shut the fuck up, Souza. The offensive line was awful for the for the Vikings last year. It was terrible. Uh, terrible. Terrible. Kirk Cousins had almost no time to throw the ball, which is why I think the offense suffered a lot uh, later on in the year. Um, So if they can play at a high level and they give Kirk Cousins time to throw the ball, two two very established receivers, honestly, maybe one of the best receiving cores in the league. I mean, you have Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Laquan Treadwell is not a stiff. He's not bad. He's stiff. Okay, he's not bad. Uh, as a third wide receiver, he's Stiff. pretty decent. Shut up. With the Kyle Rudolph, and then if Dalvin Cook can also put it together in the backfield, I think that will be mostly due to the fact that the offensive line is playing at a high level. It's so a yeah, good pick. That's my X factor for the Vikings. So the guy you want to own? Guy I want to own, Adam Thielen. Uh, I just think that. Is white? No. I was gonna pick Adam Thielen too. Oh, because he's white. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. White dudes be crazy. That's true. Uh, Adam Thielen has shown already in the preseason that he's still Adam Thielen, and he makes ridiculous catches. Uh, and I think as long as, like I said, Kirk Cousins has time throwing the ball, he's going to throw the ball. So I see no reason to not want him on your team. I like the offensive line X Factor. Thank you. Now, do we all have Vikings at two? Uh, yes. In the division? A hair over the Packers, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Packers so, will be so we're all in agreement here. Packers have coming in three at nine and seven. A hair. Just below Minnesota. Um, <laughs> new head coach. Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how it works. Devontae Adams. <laughs> what, what? We'll see how it we'll works. See how it works. <laughs> we'll see how it works. I mean, I don't know. I, it, there's got to be a time where if you're Aaron Rodgers, you say, all right, enough's a fucking enough. I'm going to nut up. I'm going to lead my team because people keep knocking me that I only have one Super Bowl and I'm supposed to be the greatest quarterback to ever live. And I'm not. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't I make the playoffs. I mean, in fantasy, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, a Is name that, that Aaron Jones? a name that people aren't forgetting about. He did have some good weeks last year. I believe in him. Um, Jimmy Graham too. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy. He is a guy. He is a guy. That's true. He could be useful. Packers offense really isn't the problem for Green Bay. It's been their defense, their coaching, um, late game situations. Can they stop somebody in the fourth quarter where it matters most? Probably not. We're gonna have to see. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. I have them going nine and seven. They're going to be better than they were last year, but not as good as the other two teams in their division. The guy I want to own is Devontae Adams. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> the long pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys I want. Yeah. I, I kind of want Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say because you can get him later than you used to, but I... He's still probably going to go around. He's still a little more. too high, so... Yeah, give me Adams. I like yeah, He's Adams. almost as high as Susan The X-Factor. <laughs> Shut up. The X-Factor is the super athlete. Oh, my God. I'm talking MVS. Mason, know what that stands for? Uh, Valdez Scantling. No. MVS. It stands for Most Valuable Superstar. Super Athlete? <laughs> Super Athlete. <laughs> yep. Marquez Valdez Scantling. The supposed wide receiver, too. If. I, I agree. If, oh, if, look, man. If he. Uh, we talk about Big Ben and the Steelers emerging wide receiver twos. I'd argue that the Packers do just as good as job as their wide receivers too. Who was Devontae Adams before he was paired up alongside Jordy Nelson? A rookie? Who was Jordy Nelson before he was paired up alongside Greg Jennings? Who was Greg Jennings oh, shit. before he was paired up alongside Donald Driver? You're again, beyond my years, my friend. I'm just See, saying... No, yeah, you're right. With a guy like Aaron Rodgers and guys before Aaron Rodgers, like even Brett Favre, they're going to have that one good wide receiver, but there's usually someone to compliment how good the other wide receiver is. Yeah. Last year was a down year, obviously, so nobody really emerged. I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to bounce back this year, get his 40 touchdowns like he normally does, somebody else is going to step up. Why not the super athlete? Yeah, I feel like that number two was like a tug of war between like Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison. Um, Geronimo Allison, that's right. He's still there. But I feel like I feel like Valdez is starting to gotcha. he's starting to pull away, and, and if he can lock down, lock down the wide receiver too, then that only benefits Aaron Rodgers. That benefits obviously the super athlete himself, Valdez Scantling. I think uh, he's worth a draft. draft Who's your pick. X factor? My X factor is Devontae Adams because I you think you can't pick the same guy. It's against the rules. Yeah. It's written. Down. I established his last episode. Oh fuck off! Because I broke that rule. How is he your X Factor? Because I think in order you for You can't the, pick the same guy. Pick somebody else. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I think in order for the uh, Packers to have success as a team and be even close to sniffing the Vikings, they're going to need uh, Devontae Adams to be otherworldly. What more can he do? What more can he do? Well, that's what I'm saying. They're going to need him to be as good as he was last no. year, if not better. They yes. need somebody else to step up and be just as good as Devontae Adams. I'm going to pick Aaron Jones. I think he needs to be the consistent bell cow there that keeps the Packers on the field, that drives them towards the end zone. Balanced. To make this offense truly what it should be. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Lions, Susan. Give me carry on or give me death. Yep. Carry on. He's the guy I want to own. He's the guy I want to own. But I actually, if I could split it in half. I want to own Carryon Johnson. I want to own Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. And if I could split my X-Factors in half, I'd want to 
have an X factor of Matt Stafford. What? So he's half? Matt Stafford and the Lions defense. You gotta name everybody. Yeah, can you name everybody? Yeah. No. Darius Slay. Stop. Uh, yeah, I like Kenny Gallaudet. I'd like to own him, too. Uh, but I'd really, if I had to choose one, obviously, carry on and be the guy. X-Factor? Mmm. Mmm. It's probably, it's gotta be Stafford. I mean, they have Kenny G. Marvin Jones is still there. He, he shows that he can get double-digit touchdowns and help the offense. But if Stafford can stop throwing bonehead picks and, and stop making just bonehead plays in general and actually make the connections, give carry-on passes and stuff, who should get more? Now that Theo is bye-bye, um, then that's, that's, that's what they're going to need. Zach Zenner. Hopefully he doesn't steal goal line work, but it's going to rely on Stafford. Can he keep them on the field? He has the weapons to do it. As far as team success, I've been going 5-11. and 11. Uh, They're not going to sniff anything. Matt Patricia's a fucking boob. Besides their jock straps. Who's, your, who's the player you want to own in your x Uh Kenny Galladay. like him a lot. Uh, I think he is poised to have a great year yet again. Uh, but for my X Factor, I have to agree with Souza. I think it's on Matt Stafford. Uh, he, at one point in time, was one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, was one of the highest touted uh, young quarterbacks in the league, and he has never lived up pick. to that hype. Right. And in order for the Lions to have success, he has to stop being a fucking idiot. First rounder, right? Was See, I, lo- I like, he was first overall pick. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? What do you mean, what the fuck? What has he done? Nothing. I know, and that's the thing. Like, I like they, Matt they Stafford. Made the playoffs once? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they made the playoffs. I don't know if, they lost to the Saints. Did they even win a, a playoff game? No, they haven't won a playoff game in like. And they lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, I remember that. Should've they won a playoff game in like forty years or something stupid. Um, it's ridiculous. I used I would back. I used to back Matt Stafford, but it's like, come on. It's yeah. It's a time where it's like, come on. It's like, how long are you gonna deal with this? It's like being in a bad relationship. It's like you gotta cut loose. Yeah. Who's right. uh? <laughs> who do you like more? Matt Stafford or Joe Flacco? Stafford. Stafford. I mean, not like a fantasy, but like, who do you think is a better quarterback? I think I got to give it to Flacco. That's hard because Joe Flacco had that one year where they won the Super Bowl. He was absolutely nasty. But then, like, when you get down to it, Matt Stafford has, I think, a better overall. All Statistically, I think I think Stafford's better, but you could argue those stats are skewed. I test. <laughs> no, yeah, the eye test tells me Joe Flacco's been terrible these past few years. But you can argue, like like Craig does. Yeah, you can is. also argue those stats are skewed because he had Calvin Johnson for most of his career. He still didn't do. I'm shit. pretty sure his numbers actually got better after Calvin Johnson left. Well, All right, Mason. Maybe Calvin Johnson was holding them down. I don't think he was holding him down, but I think <laughs> him down. I don't think I think yeah, a lot of times players uh, fall fall into the trap of uh, trying to force the ball to somebody. You saw a lot with Brady; he would try and force the ball to Gronk a lot um, for plays that might not be there. And maybe Stafford used to do that with Calvin Johnson. So, oh yeah, he did that. I mean, too. okay, Flacco's had some like spotty success. I mean, he always gave the Patriots everything he had. The entire team did. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, I don't know. All right. right, I don't like to talk about either one at this point. One more division, we'll wrap it up. All right. NFC uh, South. South, baby. That's a juicy one. Is it, though? Very. So. How? 
Because there's even more fantasy points falling from the sky than the other division we just talked about. Because the Saints are there winning is, the division. Well, yeah, as far as a competitive standpoint, you see anything changing from last year? No. I think the Falcons can win the division. I think. I think I the think, Panthers can win the division. I think you're I think smoking You're crack. full of shit. Oh, my God. These teams are stacked. Stacked? Oh. Carolina's probably the most inconsistent team in the league. Fact. Atlanta is probably the most overrated team in the league. Ooh. Oh my god! The Saints are out for blood, dude. How many more times can they get screwed over in the playoffs yeah, between I mean, the Minneapolis miracle and then the no call last year? I mean, year? the Minneapolis miracle is not really getting screwed so much as it's just a blown defensive. Yeah, but assignment. I mean, come on. Did you think that they were gonna lose that game? Come no, on. I didn't. But Better I mean, at the is... same time, fucking tackle Stephon Diggs, you bum. How many chances are they gonna get? Yeah. Well. Before I mean, someone else says, all right, your time's did, up. Did, did the Saints, time is did they get worse than last year? No. No. They got Jared Cook. They got Jared Cook. They lost uh, Actually, they did get worse. They lost God. Oh, my. Yeah. Why wasn't I thinking of that? Oh, my. Mark Ingram. You're right. Saints probably are coming last in the division. <laughs> I you know, we didn't even think of that. Um. Yeah, this just rocked my world here. I don't I don't even know what to say, no. Yeah. Mark Ingram no Mark could Ingram. turn water to fucking Gatorade. You the, guys are saying. I have the Saints. <laughs> I have the Saints going 13-3, and three, but I forgot about Mark Ingram. And now I think we're going to go 3-13. <laughs> no, but the Saints are winning the division. Um, they're going to be. They're going to have a first round bye, too, in the NFC. They're going to be in the NFC Championship, and they might just represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But to do it. Gonna have to face the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> we can't talk about the NFCs. Yeah. Sorry. Um, um, no, Saints are all systems go. This is this is this has to be the year. It's Super Bowl or bust for Drew Brees, for Sean Payton, for the city of New Orleans. But how many years have we been saying that about the Saints? No, no, Doesn't matter. This no. is the last. This one. is this is this is the year. This is the play. <laughs> Well, gotta get like They're going to win the division. They're not going to let bum-ass Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. I call him bum-ass, but he has been pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's your top five or something. He's not going to let Atlanta Falcons get in their way. He's not going to let Cam Newton and the most inconsistent team in the league get in their way. And he damn sure is not going to let Jameis Winston eat a W on his way to winning <laughs> the division. That's <laughs> W! If I'm... If I yeah. own one guy on the New Orleans Saints, it's Alvin Kamara. I would love to have Alvin Kamara. If we drafted today, or when we draft, if Zeke and Gordon still aren't stable, it would be tough between, I mean, obviously Barkley is probably the go-to, but like I just feel like Kamara. Like he's, he's like luring me if I had the number one pick to I pick Kamara. I feel like I just want him. McCaffrey? It's, but it would, be between, it would be between those three guys. But yeah, I'm Kamara's like, I just kind of want Mark him. Over Mark Ingram? I'm going to agree with Sousa. Mark Ingram is banned from our league because he's so good. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to agree with Sousa. I, I, would, uh, I would be hard-pressed to... No, as soon as you saw Christian McCaffrey available oh, as the number one pick, you'd say, I got to get him. <laughs> well, of course he'd be available the number one pick. It's the number one pick. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't pick Alvin Kamara or any other scrub, even God himself, Mark Ingram, over Christian McCaffrey. I know you. I'm saying I would consider it. That would be so annoying. It would be a fake consideration. Like, 
you know, making plans with people you don't really want to make plans with. Oh, yeah, you know, I'll get back to you. Fucker. (laughs) Dude, if you get McCaffrey again for his whole career, he's been on your team, man. Just, That's true. I have to keep the streak going. I would, I'm, yeah, gonna be, I'm, not gonna I'm not going to be happy with that. I wouldn't be happy with that. I'm like, fuck off. Bex. He's going to be... someone keep, else. He's gonna, Chris McCaffrey is going to be on a consistently losing fantasy team. Says you. This is my year, baby. Oh. Oh, what are you... What'd you say? This is my year. <laughs> We'll see about that, Glenn. Look, Mason, buddy. Just wait. Just wait, dude. All right. Anyway. X Factor for the Saints. Jared Cook. Taysom Hill. Oh, my God. If he can take Drew Brees' spot, Taysom dude, Hill. he would fuck. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Taysom Hill did way more than he should have done. Dude. I- but it worked at the same I time. Like, I feel like Taysom Hill must have, like, sucked off Sean Payton after every game or every practice. I was, I was like, like, hey, coach, how many plays am I getting this week? It's uh, like uh, Taysom Hill's dad is, like, really close, like, with, with Sean Payton or, or the organization. So he's basically, like, the coach's son, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why he's Mike's fucking. All right, come on. Let's be serious. Taysom Hill. All right. All right, whatever, dude. Um, what what I say, Jared whatever. Cook. If Jared Cook can be, can give the Saints a tight end that they haven't had over those last few years. <laughs> I, did, I actually didn't mean to do that. If Jared Cook can be that tight end and add and even and add another weapon to the Saints offense, then what's stopping them? Uh, the referees. Facts. No, that is bad. No That's natural bad. disasters. No natural disasters. That's the X factor. That's the X. You think Drew Brees like pay, praise for another hurricane? Probably. Or something worse, maybe? What? Maybe something worse. It's going to be something bad enough for the NFL to feel bad for the team so they can grant them a Super Bowl. A nuclear bomb? What if uh, Drew Brees gets cancer? Wow. That's... Come on. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. That's I, a hypothetical. Little, it's a little dark for this podcast. Yeah. All right. What the fuck, man? Way to bring the mood down. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to talk about the rest of the teams. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Just kidding. Guys... <laughs> <laughs> I like the Falcons, guys. Oh. I have them number two. Okay. Yeah, me too. Same. But I have them going nine and seven. No Not respect. in the playoffs. No respect. No respect for what? You know why? Devonta Freeman fucking sucks. He's back, baby. Doesn't sucks. It doesn't matter. Now they got a good running back. The defense, I feel like, gets banged up every year. Yeah, it yep. does. The offense uh, looks good one game. Next game, they don't look that good. It's 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 nine and seven. I'm I'm actually giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to be better than just average. Average. Yeah, they're seven and nine last year. Yeah, come on. It's, I'll give you Devontae Freeman back. He wins you two games. All right. Who do we want? Who do I want? I want Matt Ryan. For some reason, he continues to be a fantasy stud. I want Julio because I actually I had him once and I want him again. Yeah, I want Julio. I don't think I've ever owned Julio. I, I would like half Julio as well. Oh, really original, original, guys. Yeah. Well, I said Matt Ryan first, and oh, then yeah. I said I never owned Julio. My X Factor you're right, you're right. is Calvin Ridley. Ooh. Will he continue his progression that he had as a rookie and <laughs> rookie? actually a rookie and actually step up God. and become 
a solid number two wide receiver two yes. in the league. Yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. My X factor is Devonta Freeman's health. So not Devonta Freeman, but his health. His health, his body, his legs, his ankles, his head. <laughs> his speci- specifically, his left hand. If he stays healthy, it'll definitely improve tremendously. My X factor is... Bigly. E- <laughs> you got it. My X factor is Edo Smith. <laughs> once Feed he takes... Taysom Hill and Edo Smith. Once, once one of the two happens, either Freeman gets hurt again and, you know, that's that. Or uh, Freeman just stinks and he loses his job to Edo Smith. Uh, Edo Smith is going to be the one to kind of take the Falcons to the next level. They can establish the run game with Edo Smith. He could be a viable fantasy option. No Tevin Coleman there taking away any carries from him. Um, yeah. Does Edo Smith listen to this podcast? Hashtag, is that why you're so high on it? Hashtag so. Feed Edo. Feed Edo. Yeah, we said it before. Um, yeah. After that, I have Carolina. Carolina going seven and nine. Um, a lot of fantasy potential here, though. You got Cam Newton, who's a fantasy beast. You got Christian yeah, McCaffrey, who a fantasy beast, beast, who was good. Might even be MVP this year. I'm saying it, not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget about DJ. DJ Moore. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's all there. I mean, Greg Olson's still there. Yeah. We'll see how he does. I'm not looking forward to him, but Cam Newton. Although it's like really tough to watch, Cam oh. Newton's a good quarterback Christ, for dude. fantasy at least, and he can get the job done. Watching, watching the Carolina Panthers play football. It's bad. It's, it's like pulling teeth, man. Dude. Put me under anesthesia when the game's on. Yeah. But, I mean, if you just skip the Panthers game and then look at the box score, you'd be like, all right. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Bad. Serious. Guy I want to own? Do I even have to say who I want to own? I feel like it's a given at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean we got we to... <laughs> fucking Christian McCaffrey! He was just jerking his dick when he said that. Yep. Um, I feel like we should kind of stay away from the obvious because, you know, who wouldn't want to own Christian McCaffrey? No. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Cam Newton, guy I want to own. Um, he's he's good. He's one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. I feel like every year he's at least top ten. Yeah, he's good. I, uh, yeah, where's, where's Cam here? Hold on. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. I had him last year. I'd love to have McCaffrey, but Mason won't let me. Yep. Won't let anybody. Yep. Uh, and you said stay away from the office. So you know, give me DJ Moore because this is he, we've seen. Yeah, he's seen. We've seen flashes from him. It was his rookie year. Wide receivers take a while. Usually, if they break out the rookie year, it's the second half. He started. He started to emerge, and Cam Newton build trust. I think the second year is going to be uh, big for DJ Moore, and I'd like to have him this time. Jay's Max Factor. Um, if he can be a number one wide receiver for Cam Newton in that offense, um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be dope. DJ Moore is uh, my X Factor as well. Nice. Oh, he's a guy I want to own. Yeah, well, yeah but he said it's his X Factor. Maybe if you fucking paid attention. You well, know. I didn't know Glenn was changing the script on us. No, he didn't. Who's the guy you want to own? Oh, you already said Chris McCaffrey. Chris right. McCaffrey. Fucking. Uh, Buccaneers. Six and ten. I didn't give him my X factor. 
Yeah, but I don't have one. Yeah, no, it's probably DJ Moore. <laughs> I can't pick the same guy though. I That's why I don't have That's one. I, I did it. <laughs> you can do it too. Break the rules, says Souza. Tampa Bay, fucking conformist. I'm a good boy. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and ten. Uh, bottom of the mm. NFC South. A lot of fancy potential here, though. Yeah, I like that's it. the thing. Lots um, and lots and you got lots. My... <laughs> it's fucking late. I'm tired, all right? Yes. Leave me alone. 9.45, man. Time to hit the hay. Yeah, I forgot Mason's 42. Yeah, right? I am 40 fucking two. Um, <laughs> a lot of fantasy potential here. Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Chris Godwin. Even Jameis Winston catches my eye a little bit. Trash. As yeah. a as a streaming quarterback. Streaming, yeah. Um, there's something to say about the running backs. Like is that stream polluted? Because he's garbage. I'm staying away from Tampa Bay running backs. I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah, people like Ronald Jones because oh. they think Peyton Barber's. You mean Pennywise? Yeah. I was gonna say they like Ronald because Jones. <laughs> he looks like Pennywise. Because they think. Peyton Barber is just non-existent, but he's there. And in fact, I think Peyton Barber is going to be the starter. So, a late round, like late in the draft, you can get a starting running back in Peyton Barber. So, definitely watch out for him. Mm. But I'm yeah. not happy about it. But as like a depth piece, I think he'd be good trade value after a couple weeks. I'd rather draft Tony Pollard. Okay. I'd rather draft Tony Hawk. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at that, but I did. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about the Bucks? No, you don't. No, I don't. One guy you want to own on the Bucks? Michael Evans. Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> What's <is> that? <laughs> I was gonna pick Godwin. <laughs> the but wheels I was are going my man. X factor. Um, no guy I want to own the rules. Yeah, I know. Guy I want to own is OJ Howard. Um, just because I'm insecure about my ability to own a tight end in my fantasy leagues, I feel like every tight end I touch turns to dust. Yeah. So you know how. You say whoever like you're playing, whoever I'm playing that week is gonna go off. Don't draft whatever tight end Glenn drafts. It's like that sort of deal at this point. And don't draft anyone that I take in the first round. Yeah, because inevitably just, they'll fucking just don't draft anyone Sousa drafts. No, just don't draft anybody we draft. Don't draft at all. Why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, don't you have something better to do? Yeah. Yeah. Fucker. How about clean up some fucking litter on the side of the road? Pick up that shit you got next to your couch. Seriously. Oh Get off God. the toilet. What are you doing? What are you doing Listen to us on the toilet? Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. Alright, I'm done. Same. <laughs> Me too. Um, thank you all again for listening. This has been the Stellar Cellar Podcast, even though it's not in the cellar. It's uh, in Glenn's house. It's in my Harmon. house. My house. In the middle of our street. We got a couple more episodes up before it is time for the NFL season. The football that actually matters, unlike the preseason. So what are we going to talk about next time? Who fucking knows? I'll tell you what we're going to talk about. Kickers? Blech. No. Whoa. No. Whoa. <laughs> Kicking my top ten kickers? We're going to talk no, about... I have, I have an idea, actually, on, uh, on what we're going to talk about next time, but I'm not going to give it away now. I'm just going to make you listen to the next episode and figure out what it is. Could be the NFC East. Oh, probably not. Probably not. I know what you're going to say next, though. What's that? You say, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. No, that wasn't what I was going to say. Fuck. I say, Mason, I can't wait until I beat you in the regular season. (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah.
I can't wait till I beat you, Gwen. <laughs> good, good, come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh fuck. I've had enough. Susan, good job with the news. Thanks. What's that segment called again? It's called news. Oh yeah, that's right. Mason, good job sitting here. Thanks. Um, I think that's it. All right. Cool. Guys. Let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.